everyone, and welcome to episode number 24. This is a different episode. The whole subject matter is completely different. We wanted to talk about why old people can't stand Pope Francis. And then after five seconds of me talking about a woman that I admired, Beverly, who died recently, a mother, a wife, an awesome person, it immediately segued into someone that me and Luke mutually lost nine years ago. He was an awesome son, an awesome brother, an awesome friend. On the rugby field, he was known as Mr. Glass. We're talking about our friend Matt Covey, who died tragically nine years ago in Steubenville, Ohio, in the Ohio River. He was a hilariously weird and utterly uniquely confident human being, and his faith was deeper than I could ever hope to have. So this episode is kind of like the eulogy that we never got to have together because Luke was with him about between the two of us about a week before Matthew died. I actually was the one that got to go to his funeral because Luke was in the Virgin Islands. This is the first time that we've had this experience of talking about Matt and what he meant to us and what his death meant to us. This is not a sad podcast episode. There are elements of it. I've recorded this intro like 15 times because I may or may not have cried every single time. Matt is certainly a worthy topic of discussion. And everyone that knew him, I hope you find that these stories and the stuff that we talk about honor him greatly because that guy deserved it. God bless. Oh, man, it's been a hellish week. Can I tell you that? It's been awful. We had a woman that is very much beloved at our church. She just died of cancer. Um, Last night, um, I found out about it while driving my daughters to school today. And that really sucks because she's got five kids at home. The oldest is in high school. Just brutal, brutal stuff. And I love their family. I mean, I remember when I was a youth minister, I gave a Theology of the Body talk. I did a, a week theology body week t-o-b week as it's known as and her and her husband (laughs) tobe and her husband was there and he i'll never forget at the end of the first day he raised his hand was like why haven't i ever heard this before and i was like because sir you've been gypped you were educated in the 70s (laughs) in the 80s well (laughs) Well, okay he's not that old in the 90s (laughs) in the 2000 oh no how do you so do did you girls know them uh, they had met some of their daughters. Um, okay. my wife was a part of a, like this homeschool homeschooling group of moms, but, uh, even though our kids are in school, just really great, really great people. And then a, a mom's group called the St. Anne society. They're all awesome people. And they all knew her and our whole staff, like we've all been praying for her nonstop. Just, I mean, every day we even had like just a whole, like just parishioners are like, Hey, next Monday, can we just do 9am mass for her? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And so just a ton of us showed up and just offered the mass informally for her, you know, like it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, something official. And, you know, to hear that she died, but her death was, was through cancer and it was drawn out the last couple of weeks, uh, which is good because she was able to close all, you know, kind of loops as much as a mother can with her kids still alive and husband still yeah. alive and kids still young. So she, uh, yeah, she's a beautiful soul and. They at least got to prepare for death where so many people do not. Beautiful. So. Yeah. You know, um, 
Aaron and I both lost a parent. Aaron lost her mom. I lost oh, my dad, as everyone knows, because I talk about it every time. Uh, um, but, you know, like with her mom, it was over a long period of time. Her mom died of cancer. And with my dad, it was a matter of an hour and a half. Yeah. I still can't tell you because I, I and I know Aaron's I know her whole story intimately. I don't know like which one I would prefer. Yeah. I really don't like, there are so many pros and cons. I mean, to, to each one that I, I don't know. I mean, is there, all I know is going quickly is great because you spare like the pain aspect of it. But the idea of being able to put your affairs in order and so many Americans are terrified of death that they never talk about it. Even when they're in the hospice, like they don't talk about it. And because they don't talk about it, dying people get incredibly lonely. So when you have a chronic illness where it's at least spread out over like a few months, that you can have some sort of resolution, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously no one wants to die and no one wants to be in pain. But but man alive, uh, it is is much more difficult when no one says the words that they want to say or... People mm-hmm. who are estranged don't don't patch it up, and you die that way. And the people who remain alive are, you know, wishing they would have said something more or done something else. You get to do it. So I would much rather be a, I would rather be prepared without pain. <laughs> I'm sure everyone would, but you know, it's not always in the cards. Anywho, and then my wife's grandfather died like ten minutes ago. So uh, that's really what, yeah. we talked about it last week with Maria. He's the one that named. Um, Shannon's mom's miscarriage, um, miscarried son, Noah, and we have a, a Noah. And so he just passed, um, a couple hours ago. We're recording this, you know, last week, Wednesday. So just, just rough right now. There's a lot of sadness. Um, anywho, and then, so we're going to podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, do you know what we haven't talked about and we don't have to, if it's a too heavy. But we we haven't talked about Matthew's death at all, really, on here. Yeah, which I think is interesting because it's, it's that's one kind of shared experience. I mean, we we have we have tons of of we have tons of things that we have talked about that we have shared, or you have been there with me, and and I've been there with you. But we haven't really talked about anything when we both lost something or someone. Yeah, you want that? Yeah, so. Yeah, it, I mean, it, yeah. So, so for those of you listening, Matthew was an amazingly unique individual who ah, we were yep. college buddies with. We grew, um, we met him our freshman year, pretty much right off the bat. Yep. He was a weird kid, but incredibly funny, and his all of his like quirkiness. Just once you got over that, it made you love him a thousand times more. And he wasn't weird in other sense of like this guy's like yeah. like this like weird nerd. It's more like why are you so confident? Like why? Yeah, why are you so confident? Or or like he had this uh, this depression about him that he like wielded. <laughs> he yeah. wielded depression. Like his mom one time, his mom said uh, he's like I want to write music, and his mom said. Well, write what you know about. And then, so he spent like six months writing songs. And then his mom, and he played them for his mom. And she's like, 
oh, God, they are so depressing. And he's like, <laughs> well, you told me to write what I know. And she said, write something happy. So he wrote a song called The Happy Song. And the song just goes, I'm so happy. In this, like, sad tone. And then he goes, I wish I could die. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no it goes, I am so damn happy. That's I am so damn happy. I am so damn happy. I am so damn happy. I cried. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Uh, He's so funny. But then, uh, so we, we did a lot of stuff together. You got much closer to him, especially your junior, senior year. And then your senior year, and then your other senior year. Uh, I'm just kidding. You got super close to him. Um, such, I mean, he was—he's just a great guy. I remember I went to Toronto at World Youth Day, and I just saw him there passing out pamphlets for the Legion of Mary. <laughs> I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> He's right. like, "Gomer." <laughs> and I'm like, "Covey, what are you doing?" And so we just had this like great, like <laughs> it was just so funny. Um, and so we just hung out for a couple hours and then I had to get back to being a youth minister. But, uh, he was so, he was just a, a unique person. He had a person, uh, a sense of humor that was so off putting. If you didn't like, no, if you were <laughs> like on Franciscan's campus, it did not fit the mold. Uh, so, yeah. I knew a lot of people at first were like, what? And I was like, this guy's the best. <laughs> yeah. He was so, offended. remember was... our friend Shane or our household brother Shane. Yeah. Shane would constantly like he would make like Shane was always trying to like moderate Matt like come on quit saying <laughs> stuff like that and he's like what <laughs> you just like why why would I stop saying stuff like that because you're hurting her feelings well that's weird why <laughs> I remember the thing that I think drew me to Matt the most was I out of all of our friends out of everyone he was the most confident in who he was. Yeah. Like by far. He, Cause he just, you know, he totally like, he was really into his faith, but he wasn't like, like us where everything is like an uphill thing or it's so, it's so, uh, it's like, you know, I beg God, please let this work out. You know, like it, it, it wasn't that it was just like, yeah, like I practice on my, I like, I practice and that's that. Like, it's not always like up and down and up and down. And, and I, and, I, and I remember we were so concerned about drinking and he was like, who cares? Just drink. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? This is not a big deal, everyone. Why, why are we freaking out about this? I remember one of the keys to him was uh, he had some, there was a, a woman in his life that he was like deeply in love with when he was in high school and she was older than him. And that's right. Yeah. And she essentially said like that sweet, butt, you know. And it devastated him. And I remember him, like, not, you know, he didn't have, like, <laughs> like a lot of girlfriends and stuff. Girls were always interested in him. But he never had, yeah, like, a lot of serious. Always. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't have serious girlfriends or anything. But I remember talking to him. And I said, what is, what is the deal, Matt? Like, why, you know, what's the deal? And so he tells me this, like, epic story of how much he loves, currently loves this woman and all this stuff. And then, like, a year had gone by. And I came back to him. We were hanging out. And I said, man, I've been thinking about that story. And he's like, why? That's weird. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, and I said, because I just read this line I was talking about um, from Carol Voitia's, uh Love and Responsibility, where it, there's a section in this book where Pope John Paul II talks about um, uh, unrequited love. And it talk, it's a section called The Problem of Reciprocity, where it's like, 
I'm going to give myself to you, but I don't know if you're going to accept it, and, and I don't even know if you're going to give yourself back to me in return. And it has this line where um, he says, in one instance, like, if love can't be received, it's got to go underground and then spring up somewhere else. But he said, but there are people who almost who basically lose the capacity to love because of unrequitedness. You know, it, it hardens in their hearts, and, and they become incapable of love. And I was like, I'm worried that that's you. Like, you, you constantly keep people at arm's length. And he goes, whoa, whoa I'm going to stop you right there. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I love people a lot. I'm just not all whiny about it. I was like, oh, <laughs> like me. <laughs> okay. So let me get this straight. You're not a narcissist. Hmm. <laughs> Why do you hang out with us? <laughs> I, so, um, I mean, he came home with me, I think, almost every year. Oh, hello. Uh, as did Gomer. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. By home, I, m- I mean the glory that is Dayton, Ohio. And, we, you know, I think we spent at least one Thanksgiving with uh, the three of us. From what I recall. Oh, yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we hung out. Uh, we hit all the old Luke stomping grounds. Uh, we met As the we girl that did. you were in love with in high school. Uh, <laughs> that horrible that horrible girl who was nothing compared to your beautiful wife. Uh, well, man, how funny that you were totally in love with that girl until like one year. And then we never heard from her about her anything about it, anything. For By the, the end of my freshman year, I, I got over that. Yeah, but you like you didn't just get over it. I think you killed her and buried her somewhere because we've no, never no, we, heard she's still a, a word. great friend of mine. Mm, I'm, oh, I'm sure. Um, so I, well, I, mean, I haven't really talked to her in years, but I mean, like, I really like her husband. She's got like four kids. Nice, it's fine. Nice. Um, but the funny thing was, so we we went to all these different places and uh, of your your friends, your in laws, or your in laws, your um, uh, relatives, and. Uh, and I'll never forget this one day we were at someone's house and this guy's like, hey, man, uh, this like bro, dude, you know, he's like, uh, what's going on with you guys? Like, what do you do? And and Matt's like, oh, we all go to Franciscan. And he's like, oh, are you all holy rollers? And Matt's like, I'm not. But that Gomer guy is. He's majoring in holy roller. And I'm like, I'm a theology major. What? And he's like, oh, man. And then I'll never forget this guy saying this. He goes, yeah, you know, God's cool and all. Like, I was raised Catholic and stuff, and you're like, no, no, brace. And then he Here said, and then he, his line was, buckle up. Yeah, his line was, do you remember this? He goes, Vaguely. you know, this is what I realized. I decided this about 10 years ago. I don't F with God, and I, he doesn't F with me. And that's just how I live my life. And Matt just looked at him, like, with this, like, are you this stupid? <laughs> and, and Matt just said, uh, he goes, yeah, really? Did God make that deal with you, or did you just make it up in your head? And I was like, oh, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> I'm like, is this where I quote St. Thomas Aquinas or just run? Yeah, and Matt just like, did, he just, did God say that to you? Like, okay, I'm not going to have with you. Is that, is that how, you, how it works out? Is he really going to effing leave you alone? Like, I was like, uh, it's worked so far. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, he really was the kind of guy that everyone, I mean, for the most part, everyone loved him. Yeah, no, there was a lot of people just, that hated him because they couldn't. Really? Grasp. I don't remember that at all. Well, of course, because he hung out with the people that loved him. But there, was, there were people that couldn't get his sense of humor because he loved to, like, turn the knife. I you think know? you're thinking more about, like, our freshman year, though, when we were when people were way more or less sensitive. <laughs> because by the time we got, I mean, by the time that we were all seniors, like, 
I mean, every girl I feel like had a crush on Matt. Like he would like he would anytime he would play his guitar and he was a oh, phenomenal yeah. Yeah. songwriter. Like I still think he was the best one that I've that I heard when our whole time in college. Girls would just be like, eh, like just have he would have like a flock of girls just like, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, you do have to realize though, anytime you're a guy on a college campus with a guitar and yeah, you can true. you can even halfway sing, women are gonna come to you like moths to a flame. But uh, which is why to this day I take my acoustic out to college campuses around town, the I local community that. college, and just start playing. Un- G, <laughs> Un- yeah. G G. No, and unfortunately it's a commuter school, so everyone's just in their cars, and then they get. Right to the- I'm just on the sidewalk playing. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. <laughs> now I remember Matt used to always call me corpulent. That was fun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like Goomer, you're looking rather corpulent. You know what that word means? And I'm like, yes, it means fat. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And so so when we graduated, he moved out to California. And then I stayed in school for an extra year because why not? And then because I hadn't graduated yet. (laughs) So I remember he called me up. This is in the spring of 2006. He's like, hey, um, I think I'm going to move to Pittsburgh and so I'm going to have to drive out here and I don't want to drive by myself so you want to come with me like I'll pay for your flight out here and I was like and gas I was like all right so we actually uh, drove from Tehachapi California to uh Steubenville Ohio in like I mean, we we did the trip like really quickly I want to say like maybe three days and we stopped out we stopped in arizona to hang out with all my family out like out there for a day and we stopped in dayton for a night i mean we flew and i will never forget this the last thing i saw his dad um before we were about to get in the car his dad said there's there is the right choice and there is the wrong choice make sure you know the difference between the two and I was like, wow, that's a great thing to say. So I graduated, and uh, in, this is in October of 2006, I was a teacher down in other Virgin Islands. And our friend John, it was October or was it a September? I think it was October. Remember? It was early October. And so our friend John, who you guys heard on uh, the podcast a couple of episodes ago, got um, he got married, and I decided to fly up into Steubenville for a night after his wedding, and then fly out like on Monday morning. So I was only in town for like twelve hours or something insane like that. And Matt picked me up, and we had like this amazing talk. Just we just caught up on life. Everything was great. We played. You played a guitar for a bit. Just hung out just it was an incredible experience and then uh i flew back and then i got a call from our from our buddy adam who you heard on the podcast as well this was on friday so not even actually not even like you know like five days later and i was on i was actually on a boat that was um that was it was um all docked up we're just hanging out over at a friend's boat and i found out that matt was missing and presumed dead. And it was like, I just couldn't believe it. It was the weirdest thing ever. Oh, do you remember where where you were when you heard that? 
Yeah, I was working here at uh, down at the church I'm at now, but I was a youth minister at the time. And getting that call and hearing that news, it you know, it stops you in your tracks. Like you're like, no, this. Well, obviously, he's not dead. So we need to mm-hmm. help find him. You know, like yep. I'll pray for yep. the people looking for him because obviously he's not dead. He can't die. And you know, the whole story around his death came out in bits and pieces. You know, you would hear one story of he committed suicide by jumping off a bridge. And then, and I'm like, no, no, he didn't. This, Matt would that, never yeah. do that. Like, yeah, I know he had yeah, this depressive streak in him, but that's It was not, more of an existential, like, it was more about, like, what's the point of, like, being alive? Yeah, he was, like, he like, was a like, walking not like, existential. Not like, what's the point? <laughs> like, why are we here? Yeah, he was a walking existential crisis. Yeah. Um. Which he relished in without, he never lost hope in in his savior. Like that's always the most amazing part of it. And then you would hear these news and it would drive me insane. So I remember being at work and looking at the the local, you know, ABC news affiliate or Fox news affiliate up in Steubenville and just watching the video and just hitting replay every, you know, minute and 20 second video of divers looking and they're going downstream to see if his body washed downstream and, all of this stuff, and you're like, no, like, clearly they need to be, like, he's hurt somewhere, and and just as it started to sink in, you know, like, okay, it's been, what? how many days was it? Was it two days of looking, or, or more, maybe? Um, I think it was, I think they found him on Sunday or on Monday, because I believe on Monday was some holiday, or because I had school off on that Monday. I remember being in school, but we had it off when they found his body. Yeah, and uh, or something like that. Oh, I'm gonna pull it. I'm gonna pull up the newspaper right now. Um, so what had happened was he had gone out with um, a buddy, and they and they were out drinking. And um, so there's a bunch out in Steubenville. There's a ton of bridges, and so there is one bridge in a particular that a lot of people would go and jump off that bridge into the into the oh into the Ohio River and it was just high enough to where it was gonna be it was an exhilarating jump, but no one got too hurt. There were like a few people who like would really bruise their leg or something, but like not anything where it was a dramatic that would stop that would like stop anyone yeah, from it was, doing it. The train bridge was a local like it was like if you were a rugby pray, player, you would go drink some beers, pee on some cars driving underneath you, and then you'd walk out over the river and then jump into the river. It was like uh, not really like an initiation thing, but like most of the people did it. There were household guys that would take people out, not our household, but other guys that would. Uh, I know like the brothers had some of their friends, and one mm-hmm. girl was out there and she wanted to prove how cool she was, and she hit the water wrong, and it like burst a whole bunch of blood vessels in her leg. Do you remember that? Mm hmm. So that, and I just remember her leg being all bruised. And the thing was, the bridge that he ended up, him and uh, Ryan ended up jumping off of, was like 80 feet high, whereas the other bridge was like 40 or 50 feet. Because the other, the train bridge, I mean, train bridges are just these flat steel, you know, bridges. But this one was uh, a, a very narrow car, two lane car bridge, and it uh, it was a suspension bridge that kind of bowed up in the middle. And they walked out to the middle because they're thinking deepest part of the lake, you know, or river. Let's jump into that. And, uh, yeah, it was he. his body was recovered three days uh, after they jumped into the water. His buddy jumped first. 
Yeah. Um, and from the stories that we heard, his, his buddy was like, I'll go first, and then I'll tell you, do it or not. And he jumped and hit the water so hard it knocked the air out of him. I think, uh, if I remember this right, I mean, it has been several years, but he, hit the, he hits the ground on, at the, the bed of the, of the river, sh- pushes up, and with every ounce of energy, he got to the surface and screamed, don't jump. But he, could ba- he barely even had any breath left in him. Yeah. Made it to the shore yeah, he... and passed out on the shore for hours. He was out. Yeah. Like, it so exhausted Ugh. him because he almost died. And then, but Matt is 80 feet up in the air with cars driving by. Doesn't hear it. So Matt strips down to his boxers and jumps. And they find his body three days later pretty much directly underneath that mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. Embedded in the rocks. And, uh, and his friend had come to and went to go grab his clothes thinking that Matt had played a hilarious prank on him by leaving him there, which is totally something Matt would do. Can we acknowledge <laughs> that Matt would totally have left a buddy in his boxers on the shore and just been like, ah, if, on he, you. if he was, if he knew he was okay, right, 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 right. Yeah. As a prank. Uh, but so he goes and he sees Matt's clothes is still there and no Matt. And that began the, the franticness, um, you know, and there was an investigation into all that stuff from uh, West Virginia and whatnot, and they, you know, it was all ruled as a as an accidental drowning, um, and that it was nothing. You know, there was no suicide, there was no murder, ill intent, or anything. Um, and Ryan, I remember he was really banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't sustain serious injuries uh, physically, but he was—I mean, physically—he was really banged up from the impact <sighs> of that water. And then fast forward a couple days, Matt's mom called me and she said, I would really like it if you could come to his funeral. And I was like, that'd be great. But I make 25 grand a year and I live at home with my mommy. <laughs> you know, like, I-, I can't. I just can't. And, uh, and she's like, no, no, no. Come, come out. Like, we'll buy your plane ticket. Here's my credit card. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, you're literally. And then she I asked remember. me. Yeah. And then she asked me for your phone number. And I was just, I just, I couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine this. I remember before, before, like when I was in that, when I was in that stage of like, he's got to be fine. Maybe he's gone. He, he's got to be fine. I remember calling his phone repeatedly and like, I think I left maybe one or two voicemails. And then I, so I remember just being like, you know, like, Hey, just want to know like where you, and it was just, yeah, it was nuts. Cause I, I was because there was no, I, I in my heart of hearts, I knew there's no way that he left. There's no way. Like he, he was too happy. Like he was. I saw him on Monday. He was too happy. And then the craziest part was I, I think I remember. And it's this is going to be kind of interesting. Because I think a lot of people who listen to our podcast are going to remember this. I just started calling people. I, I think it's because so. You kind of ha- have to understand where I was at this point in time in my own life. So I was teaching in the Virgin Islands, and I was not going to be able to go to Matt's. T- my boss said, "Sorry, we like we can't afford to lose you." I think you know I only had like two days off a year um, that 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 I could personally take off, and I had used one of them uh, to go and stay in to stay in Subinville for an extra night, and to actually I think I used all of them for. Our friend's wedding. So I remember I was, I just remember like feeling so helpless and just be like, I don't know how to process this or what to do. Like my whole, I just, everything seemed like it wasn't real. And I just like, 
started calling people. I started calling my own family. I had to tell them that was horrible having it. I mean, he was really tight with both of my, with both Emily and Christina. I remember having to break uh, the news to Christina, who was just a freshman in high school. Like she, I just remember her being like, what? Wait, what? Like, and just having, it was just awful. And, uh, totally. Then I just started calling people like, have you heard? Because I, I, I think I just wanted to talk. And so it's going to be interesting that I'm talking about this now because I think probably at least half to maybe all of those people who I called, they now listen to our podcast. So they might remember this. I remember just calling and being like, I can't stop talking about this. Like, I literally needed to continually just talk about it with anyone and anyone who who would listen to me. Because I was alone. I mean, besides my great friend, um, that um, that is actually out here now with our her and husband's school. Uh, we were both uh, down there. We'd gone to college together. It was uh, me and Michelle, and so she was like my rock during that period down there. But I remember just being like, "I've got to just call and tell anyone and everyone." And I went through anyone that I knew that knew Matt and I called them to either tell them what had happened or just to talk to them about it. Cause I just couldn't stop. It was really weird. It was, I, I just, I, I felt bad, but I didn't know what else to do for me. Like I got the gift that you didn't get because you were, you were in the Virgin islands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my gift was to be able to be there at the funeral. And Matt's friends were not from like my regular group of people other than you, you know, um, and so I, Adam was there. Adam was there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He came from, I think he was in Florida at the time. Um, but, uh, or maybe Dayton and, and a lot of the people there were people that I knew and I liked, like I knew them all. And I liked them all, but I wasn't close with them, uh, or a bunch of them since freshman year. And the fact that it was like, there were like 30 or 40 of us in their, his parents' house. And his parents have this nice like perfect cool like country I, you know it's so bad i flew into lax and i had to take a cab like three hours oh, north whoa. to whoa you did yeah to tehachapi <laughs> how much was that it was a lot of money but it was worth you know and i rolled up at like 10 o'clock at night and i walk in and his parents got a, a used coffin that was dinged up because that's what matt had told them uh, you know, he's like, why are you going to waste money on a stupid thing that's going in the ground forever? Like, just give me a crappy one. And, um, when did he have that, a uh, conversation? I don't, I don't know. I just parents. remember them. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just remember them talking about that. That makes a lot of sense though. Yeah. He, he was in this room in the, in this front room area that was kind of separate from the living room, but it was like a big open wall. Um, to go to it, and the coffin was just set up right in front of the windows, and there was just chairs opposite that. I think there was a piano in there. I think a couple times some people would play the piano, and we would you would just go into this room, and they had food and and stuff like that. You would just go into this room and talk, and and tell funny stories and cry your eyes out. I it was the most beautiful celebration of a human being's life. I've ever been a part of in the in the moment of death because like you had the full range of emotions like anger like Matt why are you so stupid why would you do that and leave us to people like Matt man 
you were so different from everyone else. We knew that when you went, you were going to go big. You know, like, you couldn't die peacefully in your bed. That's not you. And uh, and then people just telling funny stories and funny things. and People crying and um, and just holding each other. Um, and, you know, we weren't strangers. Uh, Matt's family became our family in these moments. Um, it was really... Uh, it was really cool um, to be a part, to say, like, this, like, I don't know, like, these people are united by this, like, great guy. Uh, and we're all coming here to, like, just think about him and remember him and experience the full gamut of emotions within these hours. And you know what we all did is we all slept in the in the room like we all slept downstairs all the college kids that's cool we all just that's slept really on the cool. floors and his family slept down there um i think some people were in beds but we were you know on couches and stuff man ryan the guy that was with him like he just sat there I, i'll never forget like all i wanted to do was just be like you know it's not your fault it's not your fault it's not your fault and i'm sure a million people said that but you just i just remember him i think he had his leg in a brace and he's just sitting there just devastated beyond devastated and his parents were like so like loving towards him yeah matt's parents i i just remember from the, my uh any time that i spent with them was just incredible they're just some of the holiest nicest uh, they're just great so great sorry i just wanted to say that keep going yeah no and so um uh, the experience of being there was, was just intense. And then the next day, the funeral began at this cool Catholic church and his parents, this dad bought a brand new all white suit and his mom wore a white dress. And when someone said, why, why are you wearing white? They said, cause we believe in the hope of the resurrection and that's what we're celebrating. And you're like, Oh, oh that is awesome. You know, man. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and the coolest thing about this was. We, um, oh, that funeral was like that mass was, I mean, we lost it, you know, every, every mm -hmm. song we're all singing, every response, we're all praying and we're just sobbing in between and, and, and all this stuff. The homily was great. And then we go afterwards for the reception and the parents requested a microphone to be set up so people could tell stories about Matthew and the funny, <laughs> it just became a riot, a riot. We yeah, were dying laughing. I remember laughing. hearing that. And I'll never forget Adam, good old Dr. Fazzy. His, the best thing, he walks out and he goes, okay, real quick. How many people in this room have ever had Matt hit on them? <laughs> and all these girls raise their hands. And he goes, no, no, no. How many men in this room have ever had Matt <laughs> hit on him? And, like, every man in the room raises their hands. And he's like, oh, man, that, that right there answers you know just he was so like crazy funny and stuff like that so um but people just went up and shared stories and told about his life you know his family got to tell stories um you know his sisters were there and got to share about you know the stuff that we didn't know about him growing up and all those other stuff and we got to meet people that he had talked about for so long and you know i'm still facebook friends with um with uh one of his sisters at least and we I mean, we don't chat like we're BFFs or something like that, but, you know, we comment on each other's stuff from time to mm -hmm. time. And it's just it's just amazing. And it's really funny because whenever I log into United.com, 
uh, her credit card still comes up, in the me- <laughs> and I had to like clear the cash and you know all this stuff because it was I, I had booked the tickets when I had first gotten like my first you know big boy frequent flyer pro- program thing. Mm-hmm. And it was saved it as one of the credit cards, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta delete this." That this <laughs> never accidentally happens, and that's uh, awkward. Yeah, <laughs> I that is absolutely a time I can say that I really feel like God pulled me through a lot because I was. I mean, this is how I handled it. So, I mean, I cannot stress to you enough. Like, if Matt was still alive, he probably would have been in my wedding. Like, we were very. I mean. Uh, to me, when I think back on our freshman year, he's such an integral part of that story. Like he was one of us in my mind, to a, a certain extent. And uh, well, I mean, no, I mean, a completely. Well, like he had, like he, I mean, he was friends with all of with all of our friends. And I mean, so I remember I was I was teaching eighth grade in the Virgin Islands, and we had those cubbies that kids would put in all. But they put they would put their backpack or their like coat in there and stuff and we didn't have to go to his, his virgin island but you know just like they would just have their crap in there and and so i, I kept calling it uh, the cubby because that was his last name and i actually had printed out a colored picture of matt and i'd put it on the side of it saying this is cubby and so when he died i had to like tell the kids like hey we need to pray for someone because like this is my buddy here remember how we call this uh, the cubby he actually passed away this uh weekend and and um, they were all were really. I mean, the 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 school was amazing about it. But that was when I said I've got to get out of here, and I actually resigned like at the end of that week. And that's when I got my intern. I mean, I got in that one week. I had Matt died. I was offered an internship out of nowhere, and I quit my job. And so, but I but I had so I stayed till the end of the month. And then when I left, I had some time. It was, I I think I left in late, like it was it was before Halloween. I re, I remember that. And um, so I had my and my and my internship didn't really start till January. And when I first got back, I was so like shell shocked that I just I think I just stayed in my room or in a room at my parents' house for like two weeks. Like I didn't really do much for the most part. I I just watched, I remember I watched all three of the Lord of the Rings. Then I watched the extended editions. Then I watched the extended editions with commentary. <laughs> like I just, I just, I just had, and I think both of my parents were, were just like, he's got to process this. No, he's, he has money in the bank right now. Let him, you know, he doesn't need to go back to work right now. He needs to just, which may or may not have been the best thing for me. I don't know. This was, you know, this was obviously like almost, this was uh, nine years ago, but I just had to like process it alone. And I feel like God helped me, but I definitely, I don't know. It was a long time until I think I was able to finally like, just now I saw that it was nine years ago. I was like, has it really been that? And like, I, I just, I had kind of forgotten and I feel bad saying that, but it just, I just hit a point where I was like, Oh, like, yeah, it was uh, today. Like, and I, I think about it all the time, but I don't know. It was just, it was really weird how I handled that. Anyways. Yeah. It was, I, I don't know if there's a right way. I mean, there are, there are absolutely unhealthy ways to process that. But what I loved about 
all the stories I heard from his from uh, his funeral was it was just I was like wow that was just so positive like even though it was so hard and so uh, and so uh, traumatic like I can remember two years later I got really drunk on a New Year's Eve. And I remember just calling a person and talking about Matt, and I'm I just started sobbing. I was we were at Jimmy Ruth's place, and and <laughs> Joey got me drunk, and I just started sobbing in a in a stairwell. And I just remember a, our buddy Brian Gistner just going, "It's terrible. This happened. It's terrible. It's okay, Luke. It's a terrible thing. It's okay to be upset." <laughs> like over and over again, and I'm just like sobbing hysterically, going like, "My best friend is dead." Like just I don't know. It was. Those were dark times. They were. I don't know where I'm going with that, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> the way you think about it, um, for me, um, the coolest thing of all was being at that funeral with the program. And I have the program saved from the mass at my house because, um, well, one, they gave us all uh, St. Benedict crosses. A priest that was really close with him did that. And, uh, um, man. And, uh, it had this amazing quote from, uh, an extended quote from, uh, St. St. John of the Cross, um, some of his poetry and from a poem called, I live yet do not live in me. And uh, I just want to quote some of it that was in there, uh, if I can. And I remember just saying these words over and over again. Whenever I like, you know, you just miss someone and you just think about it and you just say it. I would find such consolation that his parents chose this. And I don't know. So the poem goes, I live yet do not live in me. Am waiting as my life goes by and die because I do not die. No (laughs) longer... No longer do I live in me, and without God I cannot live. To him or me I cannot give myself. So what can living be? A thousand deaths my agony, waiting as my life goes by, dying because I do not die. This life I live alone I view as a robbery of life, and so it is a constant death with no way out until I live with you. God, hear me, what I say is true. I do not want this life of mine and die because I do not die. Being so removed from you, I say, what kind of life can I have here? But death so ugly and severe and worse than any form of pain? I pity me, and yet my fate is that I must keep up this lie and die because I do not die. The fish taken out of the sea is not without a consolation. His dying is a brief duration and ultimately brings relief. Yet what convulsive death can be as bad as my pathetic life? The more I live, the more I die. And when I begin to feel relief on seeing you in the sacrament, I sink in deeper discontent, deprived of your sweet company. Now everything compels my grief. I want yet can't see you nearby and die because I do not die. Although I find my pleasure, sir, in hope of someday seeing you, I see that I can lose you too, which makes my pain doubly severe. And so I live in darkest fear and hope, wait as life goes by, dying because I do not die. Deliver me from death, my God, and give me life. Now you have wound a rope about me, harshly bound, I ask you to release the cord. 
See how I die. See how I die to see you, Lord, and am shattered where I lie, dying because I do not die. My death will trigger tears in me, and I shall mourn my life, a day annihilated by the way I fail and sin relentlessly. O Father God, when will it be when I can say without a lie, I live because I do not die? And just seeing the juxtaposition of like St. John of the Cross, who's profoundly beautiful and intense mystic, equating like living in this life separate from God, even though he has God in the sacrament and is in, is in love with him, it pains him not to be in full union with him in heaven. Like he just longed for heaven so much that he looked at this life as, he looked at this life as being robbed of life, you know? And mm-hmm. dying because I do not die. And he ends it by saying, so he's like dying inside because he's not dead. And then he said, now without a lie, I live because I do not die. Like I now have this eternal life. Like that's all he longs for. And for his parents to take that and place that in the in the inside flap of his program. Uh, because Saint John, Matt loves St. John of the Cross and would draw on him. Even for his weird songs, he was inspired <laughs> by him. Yeah. That just, oh, my God. You know, it's, I really feel sorry for our podcast listeners because I just, I feel like <laughs> I just keep saying that just, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't even know <laughs> yeah. what to say. What do you say? You just shut your mouth and absorb the pain and the loss and the lament. And yet, he lives, you know? I'm, like, speechless. Because there's, I wish I could explain, like, I remember just afterwards, I just wanted to go up to everyone I saw and be like, do you realize that something beautiful is gone? Like, do you understand that something beautiful is gone? And, you know, and everyone just goes about their day because they don't know Matt. Like, they didn't, they know the stuff, you know, they're, I mean, like, not my own family. I just mean, like, just the world as a whole. Stocks are being traded. Babies are, are being born. Life, life, was happening, and and when you really, when I really stop and think about, like, as much as I missed, and as much as I still miss him, there's, I find a lot of, uh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, hope, like, I, I mean, just like hearing that, uh, hearing that poem the whole time I was thinking, man, that's rough. I, f- I forgot about that. That is so mad. That whole thing is so mad. Um, I'm trying to remember. I f- you remember how he had that one song that was like, I mean, it was just, it was like the, it was like the saddest opening <laughs> lyric I'd ever heard, <laughs> but it was just so like, um, and this is the only thing that I really like that I that I saw with the time I spent with um, his family. It, it, it goes back to that idea of uh, Christianity make, makes life more real, and he could call things that were stupid. He could call them out and say that was dumb, and, and the things that were great, he knew that they were great, and he didn't deal. I I, I think I remember a point in time. This is when you could write notes on Facebook. And people could read them. I went on this, I just, I went on this rant and I was like, Matt was the greatest person that I knew. 
And I said, you know, all of us Steubenville kids, you know, at the time I'm like 22, uh, 23. I'm like, you know, we lie, we cheat, we steal, we like, we all like fornicate. We do all these bad things. And we were like, oh, I've been forgiven by God. And that's great. That's very true. We put up this like front that we don't do this stuff and we hide it. Matt never did that. Like who he was when you hung out in the, in the calf was who he was when he was hanging out with my grandmother. <laughs> For good and ill. <laughs> I remember we had a, one of your Thanksgiving dinners, me and him sat on one side of the table. Um, and it was just, all the food was set out in like this buffet line. Um, and there was like two tables and we were sitting at the sides and dessert table and we would just sit there and every person that would come up, he would like make fun of them. <laughs> like, are you really getting the beans? Really? Like, is that a good choice? I, I made these beans. And he's like, oh, oh, well, why did you, but if, why'd you choose those? <laughs> but I think he was the kind of guy where like everyone, they could tell that they knew he was kidding. Yeah. I was hope so. <laughs> but if so, if there's one thing that you could take from Matt's life to tell everyone, like this is a beautiful thing that you can learn from this beautiful person, what would that be? Oh man, you know this is the part that I love and hate. You know, because when you hear this stuff, it's like just teach you to laugh at yourself and live life to the full. And I, I, what do I think? What did? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, he he was a type of person that I feel like I could never be because he was 100% himself, and I desperately want to be that for myself, but I can't. Do you remember when he told us the story of how that girl hit on him on a bus and it made him really uncomfortable? No. And he ended up... A confessing it and he was like can your sin also be your penance <laughs> or something like <laughs> like that <laughs> it was like a thing that was like really like minor and you could tell that he was just like oh this was uh like this is not good you know like and like guys like us who would do stupid stuff with girls and well not like you but like i would definitely i'll be doing this in, in, in college be like whoops um like I'm sorry. I didn't lament it like he did or like, or he would actually, he never did it. That's the crazy part. And the one thing that like kind of happened, like was not a big deal at all. But to him, it was like this, I can't believe that I did that. And I was like, but so anyways, I thought that you may have remembered that. And I just always love that story. Um, really? You don't remember that? No. Well, anyways, the thing that I would take, that, that I would want to say to everyone is one of the things that when I reflect on, on Matt, I only, you know, it's crazy because I only knew him for five years and you really stop and think about it. Keep struggling. You know, don't be afraid to ask hard questions and be okay if you don't have all of the answers because there's a real, it's the journey is worth it. And don't be afraid to say, this is what I really feel and think and have confidence in that. He was unapologetic, but still repentant. This was who he was, and he lived it very much on the surface of his life, you know, but he didn't, he didn't make apologies for 
for his personality, for the way he was. He didn't. Like, hey, this is who I am. Oh, this is making you feel awkward? Well, I know, I'm not here to make you feel awkward, but I'm not going to change me because you feel awkward. <laughs> Sorry that you lack self, self-confidence. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, for me so much, like, I constantly custom tailor myself to the next person that walks down the sidewalk. You know, like, I constantly am shifting, uh, you know, the ways I show myself and, and hide my true self. And if you could say one thing about Matt... He shifted himself for no one, and uh, yep. to even come close to that in real life, in my life, in at work or whatever, you know, you, like you kind of get nauseated at yourself for doing that, right? Like, did I really just say what I think or what I I think they wanted me to say? Matt never did that. So here's to us picking a day. We're <laughs> picking a Matt Covey day. Where we yeah. say what we really feel, not because we're jerks, and he wasn't a jerk about it. It was just his thing. Like, yeah, I remember this sweet little homeschool girl came up to us to solicit donations for their household at lunch, and Shane was there, and Matt was there, and Shane was like, are you serious, man? Why don't you calm down? And Matt's like, no, 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 no. So what do I have to pay for for you to go on retreat? You know, like, just, like what, what, you're not even giving me a candy bar here? And he's trying to be funny. And I'm like, he's just kidding. And Shane's like, stop talking like that to a woman. And he's like, well, you know, they can handle it. I just want a candy Franciscan. bar. <laughs> yeah. I, um, man, I, I could just go on and on. So this will be the last, last, uh, two, two last things. One was he was friends with everyone. And that, that, like the homeschool girl. The jocks, the drink, like whoever. It just, I was like, you can, like, you don't have to, I don't know. It was just so, it was so crazy how one person could just like love everyone. And then two, this is my favorite memory, I think. One of my favorite memories. So when we were our freshman year, me and our buddy Jimbo and Matt, uh, we used to sing Teenage Dirtbag while Matt would play it on, would play it on guitar. And so our senior year, we played in a, we had, we had a really dumb band that was awesome. And we had our buddy Jimbo, um, he sang Teenage Dirtbag. And I, and I remember just feeling like we're not performing this song for everyone here. We are inviting all of them to be a part of what we have been doing for like a long time. And it's just us enjoying each other, just hanging out. And that's a great way to uh, live life. Yeah. So I miss him. And then, yeah, uh, Matt was my first friend who died. My peer, a friend, you know, not a, not a grandparent, not someone like that. Not so, you know, the first one, I just, it still, it still affects me in the sense of like, I don't, I don't cry except when I'm today on the podcast crying. I, you know, I haven't really even thought about this stuff in three or four years, except like randomly, like I will randomly be working and be like, Matt would think that's funny you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But he was, I mean, the impact for my life was he was the first one of us to die. And, uh, and that was such a shock to me. Um, this is like the first time I saw a woman walk into an abortion clinic, you know, the, the, the shock of the sheer force of, of, of something that is so utterly negative, you know, um, his death, like 
and then the fact that it was one of us you know it wasn't i don't know and it was it was something that was sudden like we talked about like there was no preparation for us i remember when he died uh the the last i heard was the forensic pathologist or whatever you call him was saying his neck was broken and and they were trying to figure out if it broke on the impact of the water or of the rocks below and someone said i hope it was the rocks and not the water and in my mind i'm like oh god like so that he drowned with a broken neck like what and they said so that he would have whatever time he could have to repent of of whatever he needed to like he thinks he's jumping off to do something fun mm. and then to the human mind needs a you know a tenth of a second you know the sharpness and clarity of mind that you have when facing death itself and you're just like i hope he can repent of like this was a stupid thing lord and i'm sorry <laughs> like you you know i didn't intend to do this but i am definitely sorry that i did it and all these other things you know that's such a beautiful thing and for some reason it reminded me of this of this crazy of this crazy story emily had a car she had this stupid convertible that she bought that was so great emily right and so and she was driving in the rain and her car slid and she was about to like hit a pole she knew she was going to hit the pole and so she closed her eyes and she just said matt like pray for me or like help me and she was fine like she didn't hit the pole she has no she like closed her eyes just expecting the impact to happen and ended up being completely fine she has no idea how that happened it just, I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to say like Matt's a saint, but I I just do think that uh, what a beautiful faith that we have, you know, that that it, it'll that we can have that kind of hope. My death will trigger tears in me, and I shall mourn my life, a day annihilated by the way I fail and sin relentlessly. Oh Father God, when will it be that I can say without a lie? I live because I do not die.